Welcome to Ontario Outdoor Pursuit, your total Ontario hunting podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to Ontario Outdoor Pursuit. This is episode number two. We want to start off by thanking everyone for tuning in to last week's first episode. Uh, it was a pretty big hit, I guess you could say, for on, uh, Ontario hunters. And thank you out to everyone that messaged um, with a couple topics to talk about. And uh, we'll get into a couple shout-outs later on in this podcast even. So we're going to do a 2017 hunting recap, as promised. And uh, to start off, I guess we had a pretty eventful weekend, eh? Yeah, that was yeah. good. We uh, did a little over 120 pounds of wild goose sausage. Yep, had the boys come over. You got to meet the guys that I goose hunt with for the first time. Well, I guess you met one of them before. But yeah, we did jalapeno cheddar half batch and uh, honey garlic half batch. and They were amazing. Yeah. Smoked them up for dinner to give them yeah. a little taste test. Exactly. So, so that was your first time of making sausage with us and seeing how we do. And I know you've made sausage before, but like, what did you think of that, that was great. I, for one, I couldn't believe the amount of meat that we had. <laughs> that was only half the goose we shot, too. We that, still have another half in freezers. Well, I can't wait to make sausage <laughs> again. We might do pepper rats and jerky with them, though. It, it was delicious, and the whole process was good. Everyone had many laughs and lots of drinks. and yeah, was, Obviously, everyone's freezer is pretty well full for oh, sausage yeah. now. Yeah, I think it's it's like one of my favorite things to do. Right? You get all the boys together, you share some hunting stories, you kind of have a few drinks... You get like little samplers of sausage throughout the whole day, throwing them on the wood stove here, threw them on the smoker, smoker like you said, while, yeah. yeah, and then uh, it's just good to like have everyone hang out, and just a good time, right, so. Yeah, it was a great way to uh, just kind of hang out and even talked about the podcast a bit more then. Yeah, actually, that's really funny you said that, so um, you've met Mackenzie before, Yeah, that wasn't your first time, yeah. but uh so Mackenzie was laughing. He's like, yeah, man, I listened to it. It was pretty cool. I liked it. And uh, he was like, yeah, I like that you called me your best friend. And my other buddy, as I called him in the last podcast, was like... He was a little choked. <laughs> yeah, he was like, what the heck, man? He's like, why did you just call me buddy? So he said he wanted to shout out for this one. And uh, I just got to say, thanks, buddy. Uh, I appreciate that. Thanks for helping me drag the deer out. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for helping me drag the deer out, bud. Love you. Um, yeah, everyone grabs a knife and we kind of split up the breasts and start chopping those up and then we'll run those through the grinder we'll we did a little bit of pork what was the percentage on the uh, pork? we did 50 50 50 50 so chop that up mix or uh, ground our goose we ground our pork yep wait and out. then we added all our seasonings and we could go yep. into a whole nother podcast for everything we add yeah if anyone wants to know how we do our jalapeno cheddar and uh that'd be garlic. kind of cool we could post a yeah. little we post some pictures on instagram you guys want to know recipes then more than happy to do that i think yeah, we have write that out we have quite that. a few wild game recipes here so if you guys want to check out the ontario outdoor pursue uh blog and web page we could actually even upload the recipe to absolutely that that would be kind of cool yeah do like different multi multi-game uh recipes on there so after the uh grinding of the meat um which like went said, by really quickly with that brand new grinder yeah that was nice having that yeah. what's it three-quarter horse yeah three-quarter horse and it's attached to a belt drive bandsaw and so the thing retails for six five hundred in that range um dollars and so i ended up uh picking it up at tsc on a one-day clearance event for 50 bucks and that's ridiculous yeah we processed you cams. Should, just shouldn't tell people about that no but i'm no happy. it's too good i'm pretty happy about that um <laughs> yeah so we processed cams deer with it last year yeah and then we did the goose and that thing was eating meat you couldn't shove meat chunks into it to be ground fast enough it was just yeah. grabbing and throwing it out 
um, I think one of the funniest things was Mackenzie was grinding first while we were all cutting, and so he's like, "Guys, this just isn't working." And we looked over at him, and it was like, <laughs> it was yeah. like PRA coming out at the end of it, and we're like, "Well, that's not normal. That's not good." So whatever, we think maybe something's jammed in there. Uh, take it apart. And, uh, I guess we forgot to put the blade back in, so it was just the auger grinding against the <laughs> the hole. So and even at that, it still worked. Not yeah, bad. not bad. It was just like it was PRA, PRA. Yeah, exactly. For sure it was. So, anyways, we got the grinder blade back on there, and uh, that thing, was, it was just a laugh after. It's probably, I think we grinded 120 pounds in, I don't know, just over... Probably just over an hour and a half. And that was between us chopping it up, too. Yeah. So, that's... Yeah, we were pretty happy with that. Um, I think the stuffing part takes longer. Yeah, putting it in the skin and really just tying it up, casing, packaging yeah. it, and obviously everything was weighed out properly so we've got even packages for everything it was done right yeah and then we vacuum sealed it at the end yeah wrote on them um amongst uh me and the two other guys that came we took the packs for the farmers that we hunted on their property landowners yeah you guys did uh a pretty big give back that was pretty nice yeah to see. well i mean we wouldn't be able to have all that meat right if we didn't yeah. even get a hunt so um within the next couple of weeks we'll be distributing back a bunch and then we're, we actually made a little extra for future landowners so that going into this late season that comes up in about a month we're going to be able to if a guy says yeah you can hunt here right away we can just give him a pack of sausage from this year i think that's good i hope there's a lot of people out there that like to give back and say thanks doesn't matter i suppose if it's a case of beer and even some meat yeah. is i think the it meat goes a, cool a long way I think the meat's a cool thing because you never know. There might be that little kid in that family that doesn't have anyone that hunts there. Yeah. And then tries that meat for the first time and wants to get into hunting. So do we want to jump into the 2017 Yeah, as promised, let's do a 2017 recap. recap. You start us off with a little bit of migratory birds. Okay, cool. Yeah. So this year, my group, uh, we did really well. I got to give a huge shout out to Mackenzie for doing... 90% of the scouting. He went out to Durham, Ontario and found us a wicked property for one of the first big hunts we did in early season. That morning we smashed 22 birds with our group in, well just the morning hunt, I forget how long it was. So what's your guys early season consist of? Like when does that kind of roll up? Um, so that's sometimes September. I gotta pull the calendar out to be completely sure on that but it's in September. And so the early season is nice because those birds, some birds are young but the birds aren't used to being shot at all the time so they're a lot not stupider, but they're a lot more gullible. So you can pull them in. We had picked up our avian X dec uh, decoys, our full bodies, and we had some Bigfoots. We brought the trailer out there, and we set them up, and yeah, it was a great morning. Um, didn't shoot any bands that day. We had a lot of birds to clean. Uh, that evening, we packed up and went up to um, another spot Mackenzie has up there. Shot one in the evening, which was just kind of funny, just a little tease. Um, next day, packed back up, went out for another great hunt. So that was early season up there. I think we want to do that again this year for 2018. For yeah, the, that'd be cool. That sounds good. Yeah, it's a really sweet place. And everyone up there is so friendly. And, like, it's different. I'd say it's almost different mentality from the people that live near the cities. Whereas a lot of people that are landowners down here might not partake to hunting too much. Well, there's so many people doing door knocking now. Like, yeah. Ontario hunting is, there's so many hunters. Yeah, and there's not much land, right? Right. I don't know. I would bet... We're putting on between 75 to 150 acres of land. There's probably three hunters per 150 acres of land in southern Ontario. Yeah, I'd, I'd say right? each person can do about the 50 acres. So, um, like, we're, we're cramming each other, yeah, I think. Absolutely. There's a lot of bushes, but, I mean, everyone wants to hunt, and yep. there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, so then after that hunt, um, I think one of the other big waterfowl ones that stand out 
was a field we got just east of London, and I picked it up with a buddy. Um, we were just driving by, and we just caught the edge of this knoll, and there was probably, I think we saw maybe 30, 40 geese, had, like just the head sticking up. So we pulled into the guy's laneway, and there was a silo and barns there, and just kind of took a little peek, and there's I think, about 150 birds there, maybe 200. So asked for permission. The guy was very, very, very nice, very polite. Um, said, yeah, no problem. So we said, hey, if it's all right, we're going to come out in the afternoon. Got in some birds there. Um, that's where I shot that white mallard. That's where we shot two bands after on a separate hunt. And you're, that bird's currently at the taxidermist yeah, right now? still waiting at the taxidermist. The guy does an amazing job, though. Um, so I'd rather him take a longer time to do mm-hmm. his proper work. Did you know what kind of bird it was right off the hop? I knew it was a mallard. Yeah. I knew it was a hen. Um, I didn't know if it was a crossbred. I didn't know if it was a cystic. I didn't know what exactly was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, you can tell the beak, the beak and bill were there to be a mallard. Mm-hmm. Um, you could tell it was a hen just by the feathers. That's pretty exciting. That's like a trophy in itself right there. Yeah, exactly. Right? Um, so then we did another wicked hunt over at my buddy Corey's place. I guess he finally got his first shout out. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. There you, go, there you go. There you go. Um, did one across from his place, uh, shot, two bands that more no three bands because we shot one double banded bird which had a stainless steel band on one leg and an aluminum on the other one um and then we shot a separate one on the same run and i forgot how many birds we did but we did pretty well that morning we definitely put quite a few birds in the freezer this year especially compared to the other years and i think there's a lot of reasons for that and we'll go into that on a separate podcast but I was talking to Mackenzie, who's a little more into waterfowl than I am. Well, he loves it and lives for it. But I think we were having a conversation about what made us so much more successful than the previous years. And I think we have it pretty narrowed down to what it was. That's good. Having yeah. it down to a science. Exactly. So, I mean, it's just a mixture of a few things, but those things added together just changed the whole outcome of the year. So you guys got quite a few weeks of bird hunting in. Yeah, we get basically September to December, one week in January. And would you say it's pretty avid throughout that, like you guys are almost every weekend? Um, I think it's pretty close to every weekend, especially the other guys. Once bow season hits for deer, I'm usually out there. Right. Um, last year, I didn't get to fill a tag, but the other years, I was out till basically beginning of November, then I'd, I'd fill my tag, and then I'd jump right back in a waterfowl. Yeah. I still love to deer hunt, so there was definitely times last year where I could have been deer hunting with my bow, but the boys wanted to go out with the guns for the waterfowl, and I said, what the hell, why not? Yeah. So. Did you get a chance to roll into some turkeys last uh, year? Yeah, I got a chance to. I didn't shoot one, though. I had I went out a couple times with Mackenzie, and I think I went out by myself maybe once or twice. Work was pretty chaotic during the spring last year, so I didn't have as much time as I would have liked. But I'm not a great turkey hunter. I'll admit that. <laughs> it's not my thing. I love it, and it's fun, and it gives me something to do. And that's that's key. Yeah, but it's I'm not as successful as my other friends, including you, right. when it comes to turkey. So yeah, and then I went on my first moose hunt last year, which was awesome. Successful. Very successful. We had two adult tags, one cow, one bull. I won't say where, but I will say it was northern Ontario. Yeah. So yeah, we had one bull tag, one cow. And within five days, we filled both tags. That's great. I was out walking. I found two moose sheds. Let's hear about that bull. How'd the whole bull thing go down? I know you're dying to tell it. So it was really cool, actually. It was it was nine guys total. So everyone that we ran into up north was actually really, really friendly, except for this one guy. And so what happened was we, my buddy Adam and I went to go launch the boat to go do a river run. We jumped on our boat. We had some problems where I jumped in. We went to go launch right away, and all of a sudden, I'm like, crap. It's like, Adam, there's water coming in. The plug's missing. We're searching everywhere for the plug. We couldn't find it. Pretty sure we know where it ended up, but we're not getting into that. <laughs> so anyways, we had a spare back at camp. Adam takes his truck, goes, grabs the spare plug, comes back. 
by the time he gets back, these two guys, um, previously to our launch in the boat, two guys put their boat in the water and left it there, and it's only a one-boat launch. So we gently picked their boat up and moved on the side. So anyways, by the time we get back with the plug, the two guys come down and they're yelling at us. They're just screaming at us. And so basically, Adam and I were like, okay, well, you know, Adam's a very passive-aggressive guy, and we kind of backed off and said, well, you know, like, your boat was in the water and we need to launch. We were here before you. Um, so anyways, they weren't having it. They were pretty mad. And so we push our boat in and we go to start the engine. And the thing will not start. It's pretty cold, though. We're up north in Ontario in November and our motor will not start. I'm just giving her, giving her, giving her and just nothing. So then these guys start to launch their boat. They're calling us clowns. Um, they told us to go after ourselves. So then they start their boat. Adam says, uh, happy hunting. The guy, guy looks at us and says some words I don't want to say out here, but anyways, I kind of had a little laugh at it. And so Adam and I push our boat back on land, throw our stuff in the truck, go take off our life jackets and all the stuff that we had, unload at camp, and then start driving some cuts to meet up with the rest of our camp. Because they were out on the land. Yeah. Anyways, we uh, met up with everyone, let, made sure everyone knew that we were there, and we had the adult tag there. So then Adam and I spotted some bulls, did a little sprinting. How right far out. were those the bulls out from you guys? So, I guess, so sorry, it was two cows and one bull, yeah. all grouped up. And at first we thought they were all cows, because the bull was in the back and he was kind of hidden. He wasn't a giant bull, but I mean, mm -hmm. he's still an adult and he had legal antlers. Yeah. He was probably, I don't know, 200 yards from where we saw him. So I think we made a pretty good sprint while they couldn't really see us, got up. Adam made a shot. They did a little bit of running. And uh, next thing you know, we were dragging a bullet with everyone. That's fine. And uh, yeah, Adam pulled his truck in into a cut, wrapped the chain around his neck, dragged him right to the edge of where his he could actually drive. We loaded him up on the flatbed with four of us. Well, I guess we got it first. Yeah. Uh, loaded him up on the flatbed, brought him back to camp, and had two adults hanging there. That's... properly tagged and everything mnr was there we're all legal obviously so yeah, yeah it was a really cool experience um it's just a different country up there right it's like compared to else. compared to southern ontario like i will say from london it was a 24-hour drive to get up there that's, and that's straight driving yeah it's far and it's probably some of the coolest country i've ever seen in my life i would agree with that yeah a lot of people talk about going out west and kind of seeing the scenery there but for people that are uh, more subject to southern ontario if you haven't been to northern Ontario, go see it even oh, before you head out west because I'm telling you, it is something It blows else your mind. To see. The bedrock's poking right through you the You don't ground. even know that that's Ontario. No, like, you wouldn't think so. It's unbelievable. Absolutely agree. Um, so that was an awesome hunt. guess I did a couple filmed hunts with, with you. Yeah, we did get the camera out for some deer this year. Yep. I, I'm sure there's a lot more waterfowl stories that I could think. Oh, I remembered one more that was pretty good. Well, let's hear it. Um, so I think, it wasn't a crazy day. I think we just shot like six birds or something. Maybe just under, just over. And we are hunting this property that runs through a river. And so in early season, it's one to two feet. We bring our waders anyways, but you really don't need them. In late season, which is, you know, February, March, uh, because where they dam the river, um, we're downstream of it. The water is a lot higher. Anyways, it's like armpit depth, and it's cold. We downed this bird, and Mackenzie was crawling over to the other side of the uh, river. He's just kind of tiptoeing, tiptoeing. I'm staring at him because I was still on our side of the shore, and I looked up. And so I looked at him. I blinked. I looked again. He wasn't there. 
I blinked. His head popped out of the water. <laughs> completely fell and like ate it. And so it's so cold and everything's starting to ice up. So he made it back to us. He retrieved his bird. We threw him in the truck, drove to a laundry mat where he could throw his waders and his shirt and everything into dry. And basically he was just there. We were kind of all sending Campbell except him waiting for him to get all dry and stuff. <laughs> Anyways, that was a memorable hunt. That was really funny. Except he screwed his phone. He had to buy a new one. Now he, he got his bird though, so that's yeah. a plus. And now he has a life-proof case because now he knows. Very smart. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think those are the hunts that stand out in my mind. The banded hunts, the white bird hunt, the moose hunt, um, some deer hunting was pretty cool. I've got to pass on a lot of does this year. Yeah. Something came up where I couldn't hunt the property that I was hunting last year. Um, well, I, I could have, but it was just, it would have been really crowded and more than I would have liked. Yeah. And so, anyways, I had a doe tag for that area. Good buddy gave me permission for another area where I didn't have the doe tag, but I saw a lot of crazy does. I saw a 13 pointer out one night, but it was just like 80, 90 yards for me. And that's a little bit out of uh, compound bow range, I think, ethically. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it was a great season. It was definitely something that I'll look back on and never forget. That is a great story for Mackenzie. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, shout out, man. Yeah. Yeah, what stands out in your mind for 2017? Um, Memorable hunts. Memorable hunts. Well, I guess all of them are, they have their story of their own. Absolutely. But, um, well, I started off with turkey for 2017 in the spring. Yep. Actually, this is my second year in a row that turkey season has only been one day for me. Um, it was 6.30, I think, maybe 6.45, and I was done. I got a nice big tom. He was a little over 23 pounds, a nice 10-inch beard on him, so that was fun. Uh, there was a couple of hens that bombed across the field. I seen him from probably about 100 yards, and uh, I got on the scratch pad real quick and started hammering that down. He stopped right in his tracks. He had his fan out. Um, the hens carried on, so at this point he was the only turkey in the field. Right on. Um, so more so on the scratch pad, and he starts walking in. I had uh, a couple decoys out, one of the avian X out, yep. and he came running right in. He was sniffing up the uh, hen that was feeding, strutting his stuff, and that was lights out for him. <laughs> so spring started out pretty well for me. Um, yeah. It's always bittersweet when the season ends so quick. Yeah, you're, like, pumped that yeah. you build your tag. I mean, you could always go back out and get another tag yeah. and do it again, but... I, I think I think it's cool, because for deer, I like to fill my tag right around the rut, because I like to go up before it. Yeah. I like to watch them and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I like to have enough time in the bush to feel like I earned that tag. Yeah, like, for turkey, for example, it just started, and I love the interaction. Like, that is... if. I would say if hunters are just kind of getting into hunting, um, new hunters, so to speak, um, turkey is great because it's so vocal. There's so much interaction between you and the animal. Yeah. I feel um, like that's a bird thing. Right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I guess deer are pretty vocal, but it's not, it's yeah, not, the, it's same. not the same. It's not the same. Uh, this year I even did a little bit of scouting, uh, the night prior. Yeah. Um, and that was, that helped huge. I just took the binoculars out. I sat out for, I think, 45 minutes in the truck. You found where he was. And I, I found where a bunch of birds were. Uh, not as many as I seen at the night um, yeah. that came out in the morning, but one came out, it was successful. And that was a great way to start 2017 for me. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so working our way through the summer, I guess, we go to, um, I think it was the august bear hunt um i tried to make it out for the spring but just due to work i couldn't get the time off and head out there so uh, again i went up to my grandfather's farm and um it was my girlfriend that attended with me this time 
Yep. And she sat along she's for scared. the hunt. She was pretty frightened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Because she um, doesn't hunt. No. Really. Right? So we had got there the first night. I think we were only there from Thursday night to Sunday, maybe morning or afternoon. And the night we had got there Thursday, it was probably 10 or 11. It was late. So we had just kind of unpacked the truck, got some stuff out. I made sure the stand was still up. And we motored back in, got good rest, and... Uh, we did some fishing, I think, the Friday morning, and we go out for our first hunt, and I put a camera out, see if we could get anything, and we didn't see anything the Friday night. I did get out one of my special ingredients. Um, <laughs> you going to go into what that is? Or? Yeah, we can talk about it, I suppose. It's a blue <laughs> raspberry jello powder. Um, they love it. So I'm not really into the whole, I've never really bought tons of bait. Yeah. Um, the attractant seemed to work well. I've used all products from home, I guess. Yep. Um, so, and it, it's worked, I guess, for the most part. Um, so we go back out the Saturday. Lo and behold, there was two different bears on the camera for hours. We had dozens and dozens of photos. That's awesome. So I was pretty fired up. I knew they were out there and yep. nice and close. So we go back out that Saturday afternoon. It was slow, and the bugs were brutal. <laughs> I finally got her into a bug net yeah. just to sit there yeah. so that she could semi-enjoy it, yeah. not that she really enjoyed oh, the yeah, sitting in the it's tree. It's not like down here. Down here, we no. really don't get the bugs. Like, just the get, black flies yeah. were unbelievable. Yeah, like, we get mosquitoes down here, but they don't hurt like black flies. <laughs> no, absolutely <laughs> So we're sitting there, and it's probably, I think, about 5 p.m., and the first bear rolls up, and we're both kind of just sitting there. I think I even had my head down and just lifted it to maybe a gasp of air. I was just kind of bored at this point. I think we did a long sit. We went out at probably like one or two in the afternoon. So right that's on. long. Yep. And it was warm. And so this bear comes out and he's he's a decent size, maybe 150 to 250 pounds. Okay. So a little smaller than the last one. Yeah. So I kind of watch him and I knew this wasn't the bear I was going to take. Uh, the last bear I it was pretty good size. The so. one that's behind me on the wall right now. Yeah, he's sitting there. <laughs> Lionel's going to hang out with you. Might tap you on the shoulder. Um, and so we watched this bear walk around for a little bit, and he kind of just looked over at us. I don't know if he got wind of us or we had maybe moved, but it startled him, and he buggered off, and we didn't see him again. Okay. Um, and about half hour later, I'd done the same thing. We were sitting there, and I had just put my head down for her. Two seconds. I was maybe trying to stretch as I was sitting down. I don't even know. Whatever. And I put my head up again, and there is this ridiculously big black blob <laughs> in the middle of the path, the beaten path, to get from like the farming land to the lake. And there he is. He's huge. And I said, I am taking this bear. Yeah. So I drew back. After I watched him run around for a little bit, I knew he kind of was going to circle around and come back up through the woods, sit at the barrel, and hopefully do his thing. So he came up, and he got to the barrel. I was at full draw, and I just threw my finger over on top to the trigger. Right. And I was ready to pull. Yeah. And a squirrel spooked him at the last second. Shut and, up, Yeah, really? I swear. <laughs> he took off across the path. That's so brutal. And it was literally, I thought I had fired my arrow because it was just, everything was just perfect timing. And he had just jolted. 
So he ran around some more, and he circled back. There's a couple paths that kind of, you'll see it this year, um, that kind of just jolt off from where the tree is and the tree stand. Yep. And so he crossed the one path. I had watched him as far as I could until he got to some thick bush I couldn't see no more. So after about five minutes, we didn't see him anymore. He didn't make an appearance. And then all of a sudden, we can just we can hear the breathing and we can hear the grunting at the ground. And I said to Victoria, my girlfriend, I said, don't move. Yeah. As quietly as I could, <laughs> hoping that he was just going to walk right under the stand, right back to the barrel. But he stayed right underneath the stand. And as soon as I had put my head down to look through... Uh, like the grade, I guess, in the tree stand. Yeah. Like I had foot. just seen him turn and run away. No. Yeah. Like it was, there's a, there's a YouTube video actually where the, the bear runs up the tree. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's you what I felt was about to happen. You he didn't run up the tree. He just turned around and went back the other way. So what would you do if you ran up the tree? I'm not sure. Yeah. It's sketchy. I'm kind of not trying to think about that too much, but yeah. I don't know. Like in the heat of the moment, it's hard to... Yeah, you might have to do what you have to do, but... <laughs> throw, what, throw your girlfriend at <laughs> Yeah. Um, took time over quite a span. It was just starting to get to dusk, and we knew bears were rolling around, so... This is we, your witching hour. Yeah, we... I've heard it's called the witching hour, and it just... Bears seem to get super active in this last hour of hunting. Yep. So that kind of rolls around we didn't end up seeing him again so it'd be about an hour from the time that all that had happened we got down walked back to the house it we called that a day so i go back sunday and unfortunately sunday was absolutely pouring rain um, and it was our day to come home so based on what happened that morning um or that night i didn't go back out early in the morning right um and i still had the camera out so actually after we had left that saturday night out of the tree yeah we weren't even out of the bush yet and 10 minutes on the trail camera that we caught us walking by that same bear was back at the bait so he was certainly around and he was watching us and that was just like oh my god right like <laughs> we, we were pretty shook up we were pretty excited um but sometimes that's the way the hunts go right and you can't you can't always come out on top. So it was an unreal experience. I think Victoria is going to share that with just about everyone that asked her, you know, yeah. about me or hunting or whatever. Yeah. Um, was that her first time hunting with you? Yeah. That yeah. was her first time out. So that was one hell of an yeah, experience. I've, t I've taken, I guess only one ex-girl out for her first time hunting too. And right. it was, it's kind of a cool experience to take someone out for the first time, it's let alone your girlfriend that you're dating at the time, right? Yeah. It could almost be the make or break. Like, if I hadn't got her the bug net, I think it would have been a break. <laughs> so that kind of concluded that, and then uh, we roll into deer season. Past couple of years... Because you didn't do any waterfowl. Right, because I need did to talk not about this do the waterfowl. This year I'm doing waterfowl. Yes, you are. Um, so the past couple of years, I guess last two years, I haven't had good luck. I made a poor shot on a nice 10-point buck last year. Yep. Um, never did recover, and we tracked blood for hours. So this year, I seen a few does, not too many bucks. I think maybe maybe one buck um, up until probably the second week of muzzleloader. And that second week of the controlled hunt, I had it was a cold morning. It was our first, um, I guess, fall winter feel. I think yeah, it was, it was about 
It was cold. I don't I don't remember. Minus seven. It was freezing cold to just that jump, right? So I was able to get out in the morning, um, maybe out for an hour. And I am very uh, against having snacks in the tree stand, <laughs> coffee in the tree stand. Not like Marcello because Marcello loves his snacks. I bring coffee and snacks all the time. So based on the temperature, I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a coffee out to this stand. So I did. I took wait, coffee wait, wait, out. Wait, 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 wait. Before the, you finish the story, you need to tell people that you thought coffee in a tree stand was the most ridiculous thing ever and it was going to spook you. I did. I just think okay. maybe not just, spook them, but just, you know, the scent. I don't know. Yeah. So I, I was having my coffee and I seen one buck go across the field, just a little six point, yeah. but it was a deer and it was an hour into the hunt. So I was quite happy with that. That's um, always good to see him, right? Yeah. It's awesome to see him. So then I doe rolls out into the field and she had been feeding for quite a little while on some leftover corn that was down. Yeah. And we were pretty good for rut time at this time of year. Yeah. I think it was really getting heavy. Yeah. And... So out comes this six point again. So I had actually go to grab my grunt <laughs> and it wasn't in my pocket. It wasn't in my backpack. I'm happy you didn't have it. So all I had was my rattle bag. So I grabbed the rattle bag and I start rattling. I immediately got the six points attention. He started running towards me, followed by another six point and then followed by an eight point. <laughs> so... I got all three bucks coming down my way and they're not, now they're all walking, but they're not walking slow. They're not feeding. They're just walking. They're on a mission. They know what's going on or they think they know what's going on Yeah. and I'm rattling away <laughs> and they kind of slow down once they get probably 25 yards into where I was and I'm sitting there and the one six point goes by, he kind of wanders into the pines at this point. The other six point, he's just still feeding and I seen the eight point, but it was kind of vague. He was around a couple bushes and he was feeding. So he had, his head was up and down and he had finally put his head up at one point. And I was like, that, that's a nice eight point buck. Yep. And I thought that was a great opportunity. So I took that buck. Um, I got him broadside. I got both lungs. Yep. I got I, an awesome phone call from you. Yes. Yes. I broke his shoulder. Yep. Uh, and he didn't go far. He ran 30 yards. That's awesome. That's what you yep. want to see. You I gave see him, I gave happen. him an hour. At that point, I got down, went home, picked up the quad, yep. went and got my deer, Yep. got it on, got my tag on him. And uh, yeah, that was my successful deer hunt. So it was nice for me to really get my buck that I was yeah. just made poor choices last year. So this year meant a lot for deer hunting for me. Yeah, it's awesome. And I think the cool thing is most, a lot of people bring theirs to butchers, right? And this is the first year you got to process your own deer from, you did the gutting by yourself to yep. dragging it out. Yep to bring it to the shop where yep. we turn this thing into ground into steaks into he's in the freezer right now yeah <laughs> uh you got a lot of roast out of him like yeah we did great and it was awesome. thanks again for the help it was that's something if anyone's on the fence about wanting to try it yeah definitely try it all you really it's worth it all you really need is a good knife something to hang your deer yeah and a grinder absolutely and butcher paper and stuff. But, like, yeah. that's really all you need. Yeah, and that'll go a long way. Yeah, and if anyone wants to know how to do this, like, we can definitely go step-by-step step on podcast. Yeah. Because it's really easy, actually. Yeah. It's, I think it's a bit intimidating when you start to hear about it. Yeah. You're like, oh, i got to break this whole thing down. It's a process. We spent a it good is a process, six yeah. hours. Yeah, but a probably a good three hours of that was setting up that stupid band saw first. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that was brand new to the box that was, at that point. Yeah, so... 
Yeah, it was good. Um, earlier on, I guess in the deer season, I was able to bag a coyote as well. Yeah. Uh, I had three of those run under the stand. Um, the farmer next to me, uh, his, I guess it would be one of the guys that works the land, um, the hired help, I guess you could say. Yeah. He farmer. he bagged one as well, so nice. that was a positive. I knew two out of those three were down. Yeah. And uh, I guess I got to get out now to see what's going on and get another camera yeah. back out there. So, any other ones that stand out? I think that pretty well... You didn't get out for moose last year, did you? No, I didn't no. make it out for moose. I started a new job earlier on in the year, uh, right around turkey season, so that kind of limited how much time I could take off for make, work. Makes sense. Um, but I will be making it back up this year. That's good. Yeah. So, moving forward to this year coming up, we got about four weeks from when we're recording this right now to yep. our late season waterfowl hunt. Yep. So, you'll be partaking in a bit of that. Yeah, that'd be cool. We'll as much as we can. Nice. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, it's only all like a one week thing, really. It, but it'll be fun. It's a fun hunt. Yeah. Um, it's nice because right now we're seeing a bunch more birds than we have been seeing over the last little while. This cold front that we got yesterday out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, so we were doing sausage on Sunday. Right now it's Tuesday. Sunday we were in our t-shirts. It was like positive eight. Um, we had the door open in the shop. We didn't really have the fires like the wood fire going very much. Yeah. Fast forward to Monday, I wake up and it's snow. Yeah. And just ridiculous. I had to plow my lane last night. Yeah. Like it's it came out of nowhere. Um, but anyways, other than that, we're I'm seeing a lot more birds uh, migrate around, and that's good because we want to shoot some birds in the month. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Yeah. So for, I think we're excited about the next the bear hunt. Um, obviously turkey. Now for deer, are you gonna go back to your old property? Or you think you're just gonna hit up this new one? Um, I'm undecided. We have a new property that um, has... Really close to you. Very close to me. <laughs> has all the essentials. Um, and I yet to see it. Yeah, like, we, we got to take a stroll out there. We got to do some work out there. And, yeah, yeah like, start we, we want to start planning and figuring yeah, that it's stuff gonna, out. It's really close to start planning. There's definitely still two bucks out on the property I got my harvest from last year and I've been to previous years yep. that I have been after for this would be year number five for 2018 so He's gonna die soon on his own. <laughs> I, I have got to see him in daylight i have not seen either of them um so i don't know i guess we'll see what happens with the 2018 season that's good so basically i think we're pretty happy with how the first podcast went yeah um it was pretty good to see all those views go up it was pretty good to see people quite a few downloads in a week time yeah basically a week i was happy with that i was yeah it was actually really exciting for us and the cool part is we got people to shout out to us yeah um so the one guy who actually gave us a little shout out was jacob gowdy his instagram's jacob gowdy three um said some really kind words to us and then wanted to talk about some shed hunting um there's a few other things we'll talk about too but do you want to start off on shed hunting okay so on shed hunting um you talked a little bit about how your properties kind of flood from the river um, and you haven't had the greatest luck over the past few years. Um, a river is a, a good thing to have around the property. Um, I think I, it's a good water source for hunting. Right. Yeah. Now, if you're not really finding your sheds because you think they're getting washed up, that could very well be, but they're not going to be washed up far. No, so, and the thing is, by the time they shed, I don't know how deep your rivers, but most of ours are frozen up. Yeah. So I think they'd probably be either bedding or on way food right that's and what you think too i would i would say so um 
for me, I always put it in order of number one, most important, covering ground. You got to cover so much ground, do lots yep. of walking. Yep. One key uh, piece of gear to have, set of binos. Get yourself a oh, set yeah. of binoculars. And if you're just getting out of the truck, glass the field, see if you can see anything. Yep. Then go make your way into the bush and start walking around. Next, look for a food source. If there's no food that's going to be up through the winter and the times, the days that it melts, um, deer are going to be maybe coming through it. So if there's a through path, that's great. But if there's no food source for them to stay and feed at, deer are always going to be moving around to try and find that food. So when they find their food, they're going to stick around for a little bit, and that's going to help find your shed some more. Yep. Um, I think travel corridors too, right? Cause it's yeah, looking for a through pass, right? Yep, exactly. Like, uh, yeah, just one farm to the next yep. could very well work out as well. Uh, maybe in your case, it's in that flooding does happen. If that's a negative that you're not finding any sheds, there maybe definitely is a positive out of it. Yeah, right? there's positive. See what you can do about a uh, waterfowl hunt yeah, in flooded the fields, early spring. Flooded fields crush birds, and if. I doubt it's flooded in the fall, like the early season waterfowl. But if it's flooded in late in the late season, um, definitely check it out and scout it. I mean, we last year we were driving by this one field, and there was this water hole that was probably forty yards wide, and maybe thirty the other way. Mm -hmm. That thing had about four hundred ducks in it. I've never seen so many birds crowded down there. So that's positive. If you're yeah. not finding sheds, shoot birds. Exactly, you're shooting birds. So I mean. Take that one uh, negative if you can't find any. Um, hopefully those tips help you find some. Yeah, I, I don't have the greatest luck every year myself. Yep. But those are the things that I keep in mind. And um, if anyone else has any more yep. tips, let us know and yep. be happy to talk about those. I would like more tips myself. Yeah, um, like not for deer, but when I was up moose hunting, I found two separate moose sheds, yep. not the same uh, set. And so basically what happened was I found a set of tracks and I was lucky enough that I followed the tracks on the one, um, started to get towards more of a bushy area, and lo and behold, there's this huge moose antler sitting on the ground. Um, I was really lucky to find that one. And then the other one that I found was in an open cut of a clearing. So, I mean, it's not the exact same as finding a deer shed, yeah. but I think you can't really get rid of the open spots, but you can't just rely on the bush. Covering your ground. You're doing Covering so much walking up north. Exactly. And I would say, I know you only got, um, a, I think you mentioned, Jacob, like... He's under 150 acres. 150 yeah, acres of land. Um, so just walk it. Spend a few hours and just walk, walk, walk. You can, it can easily be mistaken for corn stalks. Or even branches. Yeah. So... I've actually been walking and kicked one up before... Just, shed? just walking yeah just <laughs> i was in a cornfield and i just thought it was a stock like i didn't see anything so i just kept going and i kicked it up because it was loose and it was a shed that's awesome um so yeah i think hopefully that covers you um cam you got a shout out too on yours yeah we had uh anthony madill uh hopefully i pronounced that right from mark dill that's just south of owen sound um thanks for the message and you wanted to hear a little bit on uh, anti-hunters and even some dog hunting and the fact that we're kind of getting away from our history and it's almost frowned upon and i i would agree with you i think a lot of people do frown upon it yeah and it's it's not that it's a bad style of hunting it's a style of hunting it Absolutely. might not be mine it could be yours yep um well, we'll go into it. But, but it shouldn't be frowned upon. Yeah. So first thing you said was... Uh, anti-hunters. Right. So um, I guess the thing about antis, right, is I think respect's the most important thing to have to them. 
I understand they have a point of view. I understand that they want to say what they think, but I think you need to educate them. Mm-hmm. I don't think that most aunties know what's actually hunting is. Hunting is actually conservation. I think that if we didn't have hunting, we wouldn't have the populations that we have now. I think that if we didn't have hunting, there would be so much mismanagement, it'd be ridiculous to live in it. It's keeping land healthy. It's keeping animals healthy. Absolutely. You look at organizations like Delta Waterfowl, like Ducks Unlimited, um, the Theodore Roosevelt Conservation, which is in the States, but they take care of uh, public land and they take care of a lot of animals. And without the money from hunters, we wouldn't have that stuff. I think the thing to do is approach them. Um, My sister is actually very, or sorry, was very against hunting because she was like, why would you go and murder animals? You can go to the grocery store and buy meat. Right. Okay, first of all, (laughs) we don't go to the grocery store to buy meat unless it's like a rack of ribs for family dinner. Mm -hmm. Um, It's nice to just have that meat in your freezer because first of all, it's the only real organic meat. Mm -hmm. You know the animal that you're taking lived a good life because you and I don't do those high fence hunts Mm -hmm. where they're trapped in there. I know it's thousands of acres, but it's still a high-fence ton. Yeah. Um, so I think it's cool that, that the animal you're taking was able to live a full life. And I think there's there's not a 100% chance that you're going to take that animal. They can, you know, with that bear. They can, you're in their habitat. Absolutely. You're at their mercy, basically. They can catch you. They can smell you. They can see you. They can watch you move a little bit. Boom, they're out of there. You don't get your animal. Yeah. It's... It's not something for everyone. I understand that not everyone has to hunt, but I think it'd be nice for everyone to open their eyes to what actually hunting is. I think there's a lot of hunters out there that give us a bad rep. Mm -hmm. The guys that are just chugging back beers and shooting guns at the same time. Um, And I think it's a lot of ethics. Um, You nailed it really with the education. Like people just need to be educated. Yeah, I mean, I think we've I've definitely knocked on doors for waterfowl and deer and the guys are like, oh, I don't like hunters. And, you know, I could just easily say, well, you know, thank you for your time. But sometimes, you know, you're curious. You're like, oh, well, do you mind if I ask why? Oh, I've had guys on here that come drink beers and just, like, shoot. All of a sudden, the shed has a bullet hole in it. Right. It's like, well, you know, first of all, we're bow hunters for if we're doing deer. And it's, um, give them a bit of education. You know, talk about what it is that we do, why we do what we do, um, that we're more than happy to give back meat to the landowner. Mm-hmm. That if they ever have any problems with anything, then they can talk to us. If it, There's been times where um, the guy's house got mud on it from some kids ripping up his uh, lawn hey you want us to come clean your house for a bit no problem thanks for letting us hunt your property like, yeah so I, I think it gives just us something simple absolutely and so our waterfowl group's very lucky that we do have quite a few acres and different properties all over yeah um and yeah cam you want to is there anything you want to talk to that or you want to add go to the next one no i think that's great um okay. maybe if we could get into the the dog hunting yep. a little bit um i don't know much about it myself i know a few people in the uh there's a facebook group ontario hunters unite if you're not a part of it you can join that and you know there's lots of talk on there lots yep. of people to learn from lots of pictures to post and there's quite a few people that um do hound hunting on there yep for and deer they're, they're for, quite successful and that's another are you thing. talking for deer or for um they could be for deer definitely yeah. for predators yeah i see a lot of coyotes using dogs and you know those guys care more about their dogs than anything else absolutely they're also respectful hunters yep and maybe they would rather take their dogs out than you know sit 300 yards away from a coyote den yep and use Prey it comes you out. know uh, I think dog hunting is it's kind of cool because if you think about origins, right? You see people who do the control hunt specifically. They dog deer, they push deer through, and you have blockers on the other side. And so you're basically just replacing the hunters with dogs. Um, and I don't see anything wrong with that. 
Yeah. I think there's some safety concerns. You don't want a guy who's first time out there to see a brown dog and be like, it's a deer and accidentally put your pup down. Yeah. Um, One other topic I think uh, Anthony had mentioned was uh, trapping. And yeah. That's, that's a good one. That, that is, is cool. getting away from our ancestry. And I know I actually work with a guy who's heavily into trapping yep. uh, a little out of the I'm gonna, Exeter area. Yep. I'm going to back out of this because I don't trap and I don't know too much about it. I don't know anyone that actually does it. Yeah. I think it's badass and I'll let Cam <laughs> Um, so yeah, a buddy of mine, he does some trapping and he's successful. I think he does it for the County. So he does, whether it's a muskrat control and the cricks, um, running through the County lines there. Um, that's, you know, you're not running outside with a 22, just shooting whatever. <laughs> this stuff takes so much time. These guys are running around, driving around and they're setting traps. They're checking these things daily all on top of a full-time job. Yeah. And that takes so much time. You got to know. Yeah. Like you got to, it's, it's a very, I think it's a waiting game, I bet. And I would, I would like to see more people trapping. And uh, if there's someone out there um, that's into trapping that would like to talk a little bit about it, we would like you to give us a call and we'll do a podcast live with you. Yeah. Drop us a message on Facebook first or Instagram. We can go into details about more, more on trapping because even I don't know. I'd like no, to I'd like to learn on that. Absolutely. I don't come out here pretending I know everything. Um, so anyways, I'd just like to say thank you to everyone to pitching ideas, to listening, to you know even giving us a chance to be in your ears for a couple minutes. Um, it's awesome. I think next time we want to do some gear recap. Yeah, a lot of people, uh, a couple more people messaged in about some product and gear reviews yeah, so and we'll, what we'll we take trucks to yeah what what you need to not even be a successful hunter but just to get yourself into yeah. walking out into the bush thanks for tuning in guys be sure to join us on episode number three next week and also check out our instagram cam ld19 and marcello bondi thanks guys